Hi, I'm Michael Cortese of Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And I'm Todd Ganser from the Greater Boston Philatelic Society in Medford, Mass. And today we're talking to a gentleman named Levin. So we saw him on TikTok, Todd. Um, now yeah. this, he it doesn't. I don't think he's on any other kind of social media posting on any anything else, but just specifically TikTok. And with the reason that was interested in in talking to him was because he the engagement he's getting throughout TikTok and and from the comments and from the people has just been uh, far beyond anything that we've seen um, up until this point. Yeah. I mean, I looked for him on Twitter. I don't think he's up there. He might be on Instagram. I think I, he said something about it, but oh, okay. he's, he's pretty much on one channel and he's got this collection theme where he's mostly a not West Virginia, Wyoming collector. Wyoming, yeah. But he touches on a whole bunch of other stuff and he's getting lots of great comments. He's getting lots of feedback. People are asking questions and engaging. And, you know, I for one would love to learn how he's doing it. Yeah. Well I thought you'd be the person the perfect person to to talk to him about this because you are, you know, um within our hobby bringing community and, and social media online as well because the with stamp clubs and creating engagement and everything like that so I thought you'd be perfect to kind of look at it from that aspect of the uh, of the chat whereas I would kind of look at it from the engage the philatelic connection so if you could bring more yeah. insight I'm not I'm not super savvy with social media myself but um <laughs> but you were I'm just not either, named, obviously. <laughs> um, you were just named uh, IT director of Boston 2026, right? Yeah, uh, a few months yeah. ago we just started yeah. ramping up, so things are starting to pick up for that. Um, it's interesting because he's the first person I've seen online, with the exception of exploring stamps, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. has broken out of the philatelic community. Yeah, and, and has a wider base of viewership. And it's uh, it's something we all need to look at because that's going to be the future is breaking out of that small niche of a few hundred people who are on social media and kind of getting it out into the wider society. Right, exactly. I mean, Graham, you couldn't have said it better. Graham is, it was on YouTube, just a perfect example of breaking outside. And then now, yeah. as we were, I was saying before we started recording, we've seen a couple people try on TikTok to break outside, but of philately and, and of the philatelic circle. But, but Levin is just, uh, has really hit the nail on the head and I'd love to talk to him about. I think he's the first person to actually put a face on it. And I'm yeah wondering if that's really the difference is mm-hmm. he's not just showing that the, he's not just showing stuff. He's yeah. showing himself and he's talking about it. He's engaging. And I'm, I think that might have a lot to do with it, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Well, he just popped into the waiting room, so I cool. will uh I will let him in now and we will um we'll get going. Glad to have you here. Um thanks for thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. I appreciate being invited. No, no, of course. I mean the the we were just chatting, but, you know, the videos are absolutely phenomenal. They're super engaging. Um thanks for just taking a moment to to talk to us about them and um yeah, kind of see what your uh what your thoughts are on the whole thing well you know it's only it's only been a short time it's been two months so i'm not quite sure how to 
how to really take all of it yet, but I'm I'm enjoying it. I, I enjoy what I do and I enjoy the uh the material that I work with and you know just trying to share that a little bit. So um if I can start at the beginning, what got you started as a collector? Um, you know, I started the way most people did. I had a small collection when I was a kid. Um, but, uh, but when I got into my twenties, my, uh, I had kids really young and my kids were getting to the age where I started to have a little bit of free time. And I just bought a couple of, uh, packs of stamps off of eBay. And, uh, before I knew it, I went to a stamp club meeting, uh, here locally in Casper. And at that point I was, uh, hooked up with one of the local guys here who does a lot of collecting. And he gave me 40 years of back issues of the APS that, uh, that oh, somebody wow. donated to wow. the club. <laughs> And nice. uh, I'm, <laughs> nice. I'm kind of an autodidact, so I read about 40 years of the APS over the course of two years, um, and uh, and I just found it fascinating. So, and what really got me hooked was, uh, um, do you guys know Richard Fajola? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he gifted me a copy of the uh, the Rizvold sale um, when after I'd been doing it a couple of years, and uh, and to me that was just life changing. It was an absolutely incredible example of what was possible, uh, by being a collector. That's terrific. Yeah. In, in a, in an earlier video, you had said you were friends with, um, Dieter Mickelson as well. Um, uh, you know, I actually met Dieter recently, uh, at, uh, the Taos Philatelic Rendezvous. Oh, um, right. and, okay. You were there. And, yeah. Oh, were you? Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I knew of it, uh, but I didn't, I didn't go. I just, you went. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and, and, uh, Dieter was just super nice guy. And I ended up catching a ride with him to the airport actually on the way out of town. Um, and just had a great conversation and he, he gifted that, uh, that cover that I showed off in there. And, um, I, you know what I've collected postal history a long time and for folded letters, that is an incredible example of modern printing. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I love that all the folds and the creases are um, exactly like the original was too. That was that's really neat. Can you imagine recreating that in a shop? That's <laughs> no, no, not not more than one. I mean, yeah, I, I don't exactly. know how they yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. But so, but yeah, the, go ahead. No, I, no. What's the question? I was going to ask. What made you pick TikTok? Um, you know, my my girls were really into it, and I thought I'd check it out. Um, and I thought that the format is really, really interesting um, because it's it's really just um, it's a ferocious meritocracy. Like you either get popular within two seconds or you don't. Um, it really forces you to clarify whatever your message is or whatever it is that you're trying to do and condense it down into something that is immediately eye-catching, um, mm. which is a really interesting challenge. But there's, I haven't really seen anybody on TikTok that is teaching people how to be a collector. It's easy mm -hmm. to learn the basics and learn how to start. But when you're starting to make that change from novice or beginner into intermediate or from intermediate into advanced, um, it, it really, I know that for me, that was the toughest part of learning to collect because I'm in Wyoming. Um, yeah. so there's not, <laughs> there's not a lot of opportunities for local collectors, although several people in the, the philatelic community have been unbelievable helps as I've, as I've gone along. Yeah. I mean, that's, that exactly right. And it's a huge problem. You know, I went to go pick up a collection the other day and I ended up just suggesting that they donate it to the, to the Spelman museum, but, 
um, the gentleman had said he would like to keep a couple parts of the collection and become a collector, continue his grandfather's collection, but he really had no idea where to start because he wants to continue the legacy of the collection, but he doesn't know how to collect. So, mm -hmm. you know, how to, not only how to collect, but what to care about is just a huge, um, it's a huge struggle for people who, who are interested in history and, and want to begin a hobby and a passion, but they don't know, they can't find the social groups or they can't find mm -hmm. the guidance. So I think the mm -hmm. videos there have just been phenomenal, just showing people different, different segments of the hobby that, that could interest them and then they could branch off from there. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. And that's, and I think that's one of the things I try to make a point of making it clear in my videos is that research like building a house. It's never done. You just stop working on it. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> there is no end to how far you can take a single item or a single topic and, and really delve into it. Um, and I hope people, I give people a little bit of a taste of that in my videos. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I, th I think it's because your, your collection is so broad with the philatelic mm. history and philately and ephemera that it appeals across this broad base that suddenly, you know, people start looking at it and going, Hey, you know, that's actually pretty cool. The world war II toilet paper. Like, yeah, I could see you. like, <laughs> I, I probably know like 30 people who would love to have that just because of that, you know, and it's um, being able to get that out there is huge. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think postal history is deeply underappreciated as a collecting format. Um, I feel like, especially amongst ephemera, there's you know, the stamp collecting world can sometimes be a little bit standoffish. They definitely do their own thing. They don't mix a lot. A <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know that I've never personally seen a stamp dealer booth anywhere in my hometown at any of the antique malls or fairs or mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, so it, it's, I, I think that it's really important for people to understand that it's not just stamp collecting, that it yeah. is history and that it can be, it, it can be involved in other parts of your collection. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's not just little pretty pieces of paper. I mean, there's, there's mm -hmm. a backstory to all that and it's, it's very interesting. It yeah. absolutely is. It's the interesting part to me, at least. So how has the engagement been throughout while you're you know posting all these different videos have you found different engagement different questions different people kind of commenting on things as you're posting postal history versus philately versus ephemera versus that i saw that map video that has nearly half a million views now um, yeah <laughs> or, or the Unbe unbelievable yeah. that that's a half a million i can't believe that's my best one <laughs> that's it was incredible yeah, I mean, uh, how has the engagement been throughout um, the different videos? Are you finding the same kind of people, the same kind of questions? You know, I'm really not because because really, and I think it speaks a lot to what the appeal is, is the questions aren't about collecting. The questions mm -hmm. are about the history and and comments about the history. And it's been it's been overall very, very positive. Um, and, and I find that there's just a broad range of questions and I learn a lot of stuff. I mean, there are lots of folks that have something to contribute to it as well. And, and I think that what I really try to do is make it accessible because there's this tendency to, you know, when you, when you watch the history TikToks, you see them talking about discoveries that were made by archeologists in Iraq and mm -hmm. this and that. I mean, you know, like that toilet paper, I think I paid 
25 bucks on eBay for that 10 years ago, you know, and I don't know that that's the exact number, but it's pretty darn yeah. close. And, yeah. and you can find history like that all around you. Um, most of the items that I've done for my videos have been under a hundred bucks. There've been a couple of items that have been, had some pretty serious value, but most of them are things that anybody can buy on any budget anywhere in the country. And, and I think that's the point I'm trying to make is they're not just, it's not a market just value proposition of monetary value, but that it's a value proposition of history. And I think that's a much stronger value proposition in the long term. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, go ahead, Todd. No, just being able to own a piece of history is, is kind of cool. Even if it's a small piece of history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it absolutely you know, yeah. is. I still get a thrill every time I hold that Benton cover. That's uh, the, I, I don't know if you guys watched that video, the hell on wheels town, yeah. but, um, but it, it gives you a sense of humbleness that you are the steward of something that is historically important and that is unique and that it is important that it makes it into the right hands when you no longer own it. Yeah. 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 yeah and I think you're showing that the barrier to entry is, is, you know, not even there. You know, the all barrier to entry is a library card. Yeah, <laughs> that, and, and yeah. quite quite literally. I mean, I I the highest grade I graduated was twelfth grade. I'm a high school graduate, and and all I've done is is read. I mean, I'm just a, a curious person, you know. Um, and and so when I want to learn about something, I read. And the more that you know, and the more you can weave those those pieces of history together the better understanding you have of everything you look at. And that's the coolest thing about postal history is when you get an advertisement or whatever, you can say this was produced between this year and this year and was used most commonly in this way. But with postal history, this is this person was at this place on this date and oftentimes at this time. These are all the things that happened before. These are the things that are going to happen that they don't have any idea what it's about. And you're able to step into their shoes. And I don't mm. think there's any other collecting field that allows you to do that. And for people that are interested in history, I can't believe they don't collect postal history. It's an, it's insanity yeah. to me. Yeah, because yeah. you can be there. You, you can be yeah. right there on the day with something mm -hmm. that person held in their hands. Yes. And meant something to them enough that they actually put a stamp on it and sent it somewhere. So, yes. no, I, that's, that, that's really... I think that's a view that you're getting across very well. And I think it's one that we need to get it across because it, it is, is it, it, there's a lot there that people just don't realize. It is, And there's, you know, there's a great TikToker named um, Ethan, the license plate guy who does a fantastic job. I'm not a license plate guy. I've seen a couple of toppers that have been kind of cool every now and then, but I got priced out of them because I'm like, I'm not paying $170 for a, a topper <laughs> for a license plate. Um, but, but he, he does this fantastic channel all about license plates, foreign domestic and the history and how things changed and the geographical implications and everything else. And he has like 317,000 followers wow. for license plates. Wow. For license plates. The idea that you can do 300,000 followers with license plates, I mean, there's no way yeah. you can't do that with postal history and not get a message out there allowing people to, to understand. You know, it just, it, it blows me away that there, are, because he, I don't take anything away from Ethan because his stuff is incredible, but he's talking about the same things that we do where, you know, when you study stamps, it's about, okay, here's how colonialism was ending and was retracting and how these countries changed. I mean, it's the same exact history and it's much, it's much more illustrated on stamps. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's one of the problems is that we're trying to present it as a value proposition of this beautiful piece of artwork, which it absolutely is. But you don't get to that point until you understand the history behind it and everything else. And so I think oftentimes people are starting from the wrong starting point. Yeah, yeah, that's an incredible point. You, you're, we're almost marketing the entire hobby wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're yeah. we're marketing how how we believe the truth is, but but the bottom line, and it's true with any communication, it's not about the information you put out there. It's about the information that's absorbed. Yeah. And if you're judging it by anything other than that, you're kidding yourself because I, I have an incredibly difficult time editing my TikToks. Like I edit out 90% of the information or 99% of the information I know or or I'm aware of because my audience isn't going to absorb it. And it's not that they're stupid. It's that I'm the same way. I can't sit down and listen to a philatelic lecture where there are a hundred points of information that are all really important and truly absorb much of it because you just get blasted by it. Yeah, And so learning yeah. how to condense that down is important. It's also got to be your jam. I mean, if you're not interested in perforation levels and, and shades of a particular stamp and there's a one-hour presentation on it, no mm-hmm. matter how hard you try, you're not going to absorb it because it's just, <laughs> it's not your thing. You know, it's exactly. not what you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, again, a terrific point. It's just too much information too quickly. I mean, if you need to hook people, you need to get them interested and, and show them why they should be interested. But to, to overexpose, to give too much information, you're almost diving into the deep end. And it's just, it's it's off-putting a lot of the time. It, it is. It, it reminds me when I was in high school, I was uh, big into debate and forensics. I don't know if either one of you guys ever did any, any of those. Yeah, I did um, debate. Did you? Well, you're you're yeah. familiar with the term lay judges then. <laughs> yes. And you're familiar that every time back from a trip, everybody on the bus is complaining about how people don't know how to judge. Um, and, and when I was coaching debate, I, I always made the point to my kids that, you know, your job is to be a communicator. And if you can't learn to read somebody in the room and know what is speaking to them and what is not by their body language after you've sat there and watched them listen to speeches for three hours, you're not very mm-hmm. good at your job. And, and, and I think that that's, that's something that a lot of people, they, they believe I'm doing this the right way or I'm doing this the way that it should be done and not realizing if it's ineffective. What are you doing? It's, uh, it's something that I've kind of drilled on a little bit with um, trying to bring stamp clubs online is mm-hmm. you, ha- you have to meet people where they are, not where you want them to be. Absolutely. And, and if they're not there, then, you know, you can do whatever you want, but it's not going to do any good. You have to yep. meet them wh- where they are and then bring them forward from that. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can care 100%. Yeah. And and I think, too, I think that's one of the attractions that people have with me is that I'm a guy with tattoos and a Carhartt because that's that's <laughs> and you can't you can't fake that. I mean, it has to be authentically there. And I think that mm-hmm. having collecting and serious historical collecting presented by somebody that looks like they could also do a little bit of drywall um, is, is helpful to the hobby, because I think there's definitely a sense of it being um, exclusionary. In, in some ways and in a lot of ways that it is. It's yeah, it's it terrifying is. as a 20-year-old, much less say a 20-year-old woman or a 20-year-old person of color to walk into a room full of guys that collect stamps because it is all men, um, almost almost exclusively sadly so. Um, and I think we're missing a big market there. 
but it's it's terrifying to walk into that room because they've walked into that room their entire life with administrators and whoever else, and it's it's instantly going to be a turnoff for them, and and that's not what the hobby should be. No, yeah. I I personally completely agree with that. It's yeah, um, yeah. I've been doing talks on trying to modernize stamp clubs, and a big part of that is when I first started collecting. I got into it really weird. I used to collect squirrels, little squirrel things. Mm -hmm. I, found a, I found a squirrel stamp. Mm -hmm. That kind of opened up the whole thing. But my when I very first started collecting, it was all topical. And I'd go to a stamp club and they're just like, eh, eh, eh. you know, topical collections aren't real stamp collections. It's not real for mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, luckily I was a little bit older, so I didn't really take it personal. But you do that to somebody who's just getting into the hobby mm. and, and they're getting out of the hobby. Yes. You know, cause, cause there's no place for them at the table. Yeah. And, and walking into a room, I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time. You, what 20 year old is going to walk into a dingy church basement with a bunch of 60 plus year old white guys and feel comfortable. They're going to open yeah. that door and look in and be like, no, and back out. They might yep. hop on a Zoom call because they can always turn off their camera or just leave, but they're not going to walk in the door. Yeah. No. You know, yeah. no matter how welcoming people try to be. Yeah. I had the same experience going to my first dealer bourse when I was 14 years old. I didn't go to try to go to any kind of social philatelic interaction again until I was 18, 19 years old when I joined the YPLF. And that's just because I was trying to join chat boards and it, because I walked into that room and it was just so incredibly intimidating. I sat down at a, at a booth to, to look at some stamps and they said, well, if you're not spending any money, you know, you're taking up a seat. Um, <laughs> you know, what 14 year old can sit there and spend, you know, tremendous amounts of money to kind of supply this bourse, their table. It's about, it's about teaching people in the right spots, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why these, um, you know, that's why what you're doing is just absolutely incredible and absolutely vital because it's, it's including everybody. Um, well, thank you. And that's, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I think, so I've, I've been on TikTok for a while. Don't have nearly the following you do. There are some other philatelic people up there. I think uh, you're, I think you're the only one who's bringing a face to the hobby though. I think everybody else is just that's, so I'm showing sorry, That's stamps. funny to hear because that wasn't my intention at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, and I may be wrong, but I don't recall seeing the face of anybody else. It's always about the stamps. There, there's, mm -hmm. there's no personality with it. There's nobody to talk to, nobody to identify with, nobody to ask a question to. Uh, do you think that that, is a big part of why your videos are so engaging that it's you who's, um, who's approachable. You know, I, it, that, I think that's part of it, but I, but I think too, I think that without the context, stamps are relatively boring compared to the visuals that are available in so many other mediums today. Valid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you know, not to, <laughs> and, no, we're and I do think the rest that of the world, I personally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate engraving and everything, but but there's a time when stamps were some of the finest images that you could find, and that time has long passed us. Yeah. Um, and, and so I don't think that even though they're visually stunning to us, when you are 17, it's not. 
No. Because that's, that's not the, the story behind it. Anymore. Yeah. And well, it's true. And that's that's a hard thing to say and admit because I love stamps, but I, I think that it's I think that it's something to consider. Yeah. I think I think it goes back to who are you talking to? Are you talking to other philatelists and other collectors, or are you talking to everybody? Yep. And I, I think that really is the difference between your videos and everybody else's. You're talking to everybody. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's got a slight interest in history is going to find something in one of your videos that's going to be interesting for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think we need to. I mean, I think that I think the professional philately has preached to the choir for a long time now, and we've seen the results of that. I mean, and that's, you know, and I'm not demeaning anybody or, 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 you know, questioning anybody's, you know, attempts at anything, but I think that a lot of it has been, you know, geared towards collectors and geared towards people that we think collect the way that we did. And, and the truth is, is that if you grew up learning how to collect and you're now in your sixties or seventies, your relationship with stamps is impossible to duplicate amongst the younger generation because of the lack of digital technology that that existed when you were their age it's uh it changes everything and yeah and so yeah, and, I, but i think too i think we're really lucky i think our history proposition is so good compared to most other collectibles that most collectibles value proposition is you can make money you know you can flip yeah. this you can do that bullion and this and that and, th and that's you know obviously there's always historical value and things but I think that really as a value proposition of history, I don't think there's anything that compares to postal history. I really don't. I don't think there's another arm of collecting that gives you the precision and depth and intricacy of histories that postal history does. Yeah. I mean, it touches on everything from political changes to geographic changes to, you know, it, it, to social changes because people put on the stamps the things that are important to them at the time. So you mm -hmm. get a little win window back in time of what was important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the value proposition uh, proposition between, you said, different collectibles. I mean, yeah, bullion. You see a ton of coin collectors and coin dealers on TikTok, and they have decent followings because they're looking for people who are stacking silver and stacking gold, and they're talking to the coin collectors. And sometimes they'll have historical details, but they're talking to the collectors of coins. And I think a lot of more of those people access that kind of, you know, TikTok, Instagram than the typical philatelist. But, mm -hmm. you know, your videos, as we were, as Todd and I were saying earlier, before you jumped on, have kind of broken through that, that barrier there where you're talking to everybody and it's, and it's history and it's, and it's not just, yeah, you can make money on this. It's, it's talking about what happened here and how the you know westward expansion and and it, it's it's mm -hmm. about it's about people in their past and I see a lot more of you know younger people my friends and and people in other social circles wanting to connect to their own history and to the history of their countries and this is what better way to do it than through the actual people who lived through those eras. Yeah, well, and, and anybody can own it. I mean, anybody yeah. can own a piece of history. I mean, I. I don't, I'm sure you guys saw my uh, my video on the um, the booklet from the USS Coral Sea. 
Mm. Um, you know, it's I, I live in Casper, Wyoming. If I can walk through a <laughs> flea market that's held four times a year here, and what I kid you not is literally the industrial building at the Natrona County Fairgrounds, anybody can do that. I mean, the, the absolute dearth of material in my area of the country is unbelievable. I'm jealous whenever I go antiquing anywhere else because there's such a better selection. Um, that it's it's teaching people how to look for things and find value where others don't see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, my dogs are barking away. I went back up on TikTok because there was another. There's history du flamme. I don't know if you've seen his stuff. He does yes lighters. Eight hundred ninety three thousand followers, and totally does, worth it. A lighter and then kind of the history and where it came from and everything and you know the the schematics of it i'm fascinated with those things i've been watching wow. him since i first started on tiktok i've been following this guy because it's just really cool and it's a lighter <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it, it's not anything special and they're not expensive but it's it's kind of the same thing it's the backstory behind it it's like this mm-hmm. is cool because it was made in 1940 well before any of this stuff was done and this is how they did it and this is how ridiculously complex it was and you know it but it you know almost a million followers yeah doing doing videos of of lighters yeah so and it's worth a million followers that guy the, his videography is absolutely oh, the key end. the key is <laughs> I love the key yeah i gotta yeah, check that it, out it's well i mean your videos are you did a thank you to your editor. Are you still working with the same editor? Yeah, I've only, you know, he's actually the uh, son of a friend of mine who uh, who just got out of high school a year or two ago, and he's trying to to get work in social media. And so I worked out a deal with him to, to shoot and edit my videos. Um, and there's not a chance in the world that I would have one one hundredth of the success that I've had without Caden's absolute help and, and collaboration. Your video editing is spot on. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really, he does mm-hmm. really nice cuts, and I've tried to video edit, and not me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I just I can maybe edit a TikTok, but maybe. Um, but it's uh, I did one stitch, and I did it very poorly and way too like I'm still like I'm still a little traumatized and waiting to uh, do another one. So I think I just. <laughs> I, that was the the guy who thought he had the really expensive stamp, right? I, uh, you know, actually, we edited that one, which you can't do with a stitch, so we had to cut his video and edit it back in. But I did, oh, okay. I did a quick stitch with uh, seagulls because they were talking oh, yeah. about how you find right. a collection. Um, because because I mean, and they're not wrong. I mean, ninety nine percent of the collections that I look at are beginner collections. I mean, it is what it is. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you're the same way. Yeah, uh, Michael absolutely. probably knows all about that. I get yeah. people e- emailing the club all the time, wanting to to evaluate their collection. I keep pushing them over to Michael, and I'm sure there's bought nothing out of any of them. Um, one of them, we one, like, out one, of one the, week. <laughs> yeah, out of the fifteen uh, that have come back in the last month or so, I think one of them was was decent, but then yeah. um, you know it, it it didn't kind of you know follow through. But most of the time, it's yeah the 90-10 rule is 9 yeah. times out of 10 yeah it's uh that 90-10 feels very generous to me but <laughs> <laughs> if your relative didn't spend money on the stamps to begin with they're probably not worth yeah. anything now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, well, well, and i like and, to tell you know, people anybody oh. that gets go ahead well i was just gonna say i like to tell people that you know even though they may not might not have 
you know, insane monetary value, they can always be repurposed or, you know, yep. um, donated or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. Absolutely. And I, I encourage people to do the same. And that's, you know, but I also encourage people, you know, the best thing to do is keep them and, and add to them. And if nothing else, enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I think that stamp collecting does have value in the future. But I also think that every year there are less people familiar with stamps in their day to day life. And that will yeah, yeah. affect the direct value of being able to just say stamp collecting. We have to come with something more than stamp collecting because to my to my kids, the only reason stamps mean anything to them is because of me. Mm-hmm. With without yeah. that, they would have no exposure to it. They wouldn't, you know, there's just not enough commerce that's done via mail anymore. Yeah. So do you think it's all about the history proposition going forward? I think that it's I don't think that anything else compares in strength. So why focus on it? Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think yeah. you're wrong. And, and and I think that I think there's a story to be told that kids find compelling. I mean, I'm sure you notice there's a trend to kind of do do subjects that are a little bit off kilter or maybe a little bit taboo, taboo or something like that. It's because that's what appeals to people is they want to mm-hmm. hear about things that they didn't hear in history class that are still. True. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially history class around the union. United States because it was yes yeah they want to go to their friends with uh you know interesting pieces of information that they hadn't heard of and what better mm-hmm. way to do that than uh you know picking up a hobby that that, that can that can drive them to that yeah, well, and, and I think it has a lot of impact that everything that I show is a first person primary source document of history you're, you mm-hmm. know, they're in, and if you view them as primary source documents of history, they uh, hadn't really thought about that. Level. Yeah, yeah, I never really thought of it that way. That's actually true. It's yeah. the person who actually sent it. It's my, um, I have a nephew who's five, and he's got all the the latest educational technology thing, including the globe, where you tap on it and it tells you where everything is. His mom asked me to put together a small collection for him, just of you know, random stuff. Took it over to over to their place for Christmas last year. And this kid sat there and found the Seychelles and, and a bunch, like five different dead countries that he knew where they were nice. on this globe. And he, and he had something to tie it to. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, this is from there. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's really kind of cool. Yeah. But I it, think it, the history thing know, is, the, I haven't thought about go that. Ahead. No, I just haven't thought about the history proposition about it really being the key to keeping the hobby alive mm. because stamps themselves aren't really relevant anymore. They're not. You know, the the very first cover that I spent real money on and I spent like $300 for it, um, but I was it was immediately in the aftermath of the Rizvold sale, which was a huge deal for uh, for postal history collectors. And Richard Fajola had offered, uh, he, he was offering up a number of items from Wyoming and I could afford one of them. Um, and uh, and I I was going to to buy this really gorgeous uh, Fort Laramie NT balloon cancel um, that I didn't have an example of. And I was actually pushed towards, um, I believe it was an 1876 uh, cover um, that was addressed to a lieutenant in the uh, in the army, and it actually said uh, in camp with General Crook, because he was encamped with General Crook on the Rosebud, which is one of the battles that was believed at the time to lead to Custer's downfall, rather than him being a megalomaniac. Um, but uh, <laughs> but long story short, I you know my my friend 
Uh, Ken Stack, um, who who's the editor of uh, Western Express and is an incredible philatelist and has been incredibly helpful to me, he really said, you know, it went in doubt, always go for the history, never go for the marking. And mm-hmm. and I have always done that and I have never regretted it. Um, I still, I, I have, I want to say a half a dozen pieces of, uh, of stuff from that correspondence. Um, they, I actually uh, found his diary again with Ken's help so that I can actually correlate his covers with with what was going on in his life Aww. on any specific date. Um, cool. and, and I don't I, I don't think there's anything more rewarding than that. And it's and it's so cool because it was I mean, I think his diary is published in an edition of 300 printing. And I just happened to, you know, can help me find a copy of it. So, wow, that's really cool. That, that's, yeah, that's really incredible. Cool. Being able to that's tie the cover back to the entries in his diary for the same yeah. time period. Yeah, that, well, that's cool. <laughs> You could do a whole channel on on uh, um, the decline of colonialism uh, using just stamps as an example. I mean, I think I think you could make a great YouTube channel just talking about the decline of colonialism and and how there was a movement away from that entire world political structure. Um, you know, that's what that's what everybody wanted anyway. Was the British Empire for what you know <laughs> seventy years in stamps? That was the the key that everybody wanted for the world collection. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much, <laughs> and they're all the same yeah. stamp, just yeah, different countries. They names. really are. <laughs> they're, all the, they're all the same stamps. Yeah, <laughs> I collect straight settlements, and it's like I'll I'll see straight settlement stamps and Seychelles and a few other, and they're all the exact same stamp, yep. just with a different yep. name on it. It's like I sit there looking at myself, going, "Why am I doing this? <laughs> this isn't unique. This is just cool." Mm-hmm. Well. Levin, thank you so much. Um, this is, I mean, this has been really eye-opening. Um, yeah. Incredible perspective on everything and and your videos. I, I just checked a moment ago, 6,700 followers in two months, 177,000 likes. 177,000. That's, that's in two months. That's that's incredible. Um, you know, I, I really wish you the best of luck going forward and um, I'll be following uh well you thank know, you every, thank every you I, you know i really appreciate it man um it's uh it's uh it's really nice to be recognized by folks that do what i do because you never know if you're gonna rub rub collectors the wrong way because some guys are kind of delicate it's uh it's nice to hear there are folks that enjoy <laughs> what i'm doing um, oh, no, and, and definitely if there's anything anything you ever see that you think that i'm uh i'm screwing up feel free to to hit me up and, and let me know you got to start making I, plans for 2026 to come out to boston yeah is the big one out there that year big one's yeah. out here in boston in 2026 yeah. do you go well, to a lot well, of i'll see if shows? i can try to make it you do gotta you go make to a it lot of sh- uh, uh shows um at all or is it just the local ones have you been to a great american stamp show um i've never been to a stamp couple- show oh okay oh. yeah i've never See, was, is, i've this... been like i said I've, I've done the taos philatelic rendezvous twice yeah um and that's the only time i've ever traveled for stamps mm-hmm. and th- but that's again it just speaks you know volumes it's it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that i mean this is just well we've we've got this now yeah, yeah and, and, i mean and, you know... And, and, and you know and i don't mean to brag but i i have a pretty incredible wyoming collection i'm i'm a pretty advanced collector mm-hmm. um it's it's definitely the finest that's been assembled uh of of that um, specific geographic area that I'm aware of has ever existed. And if mm-hmm. I can do it sitting here with a phone, swinging a hammer <laughs> during the day in Casper, Wyoming, 
and put together uh, a high caliber collection, you can literally do it anywhere. This is this mm -hmm. is about out of the way as it gets in America. That's At least sad. the lower 48. <laughs> <laughs> no, you true. definitely got to come out for Boston. I'll find you some good food. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure we will be in contact and uh uh you know definitely let me know if there's anything I can ever do for you gentlemen. Absolutely Thank you so much. appreciate it. Yeah. All righty. Best of luck. Yep, you guys have a great day. You Back too. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, uh, I mean <clears throat> he's, he's, he's got just, me thinking. He's got me thinking. I mean, yeah, he's just an incredible uh individual. The way he he thinks about the hobby and how to bring people to it and yeah, yeah i mean he's he's completely right you have to you know like you said you got to go to where people are you can't expect them to come to you and he's doing exactly that he's finding the largest social media platform um and, and going directly to the source of of people who want to know more you know they they're there's this massive drive for people to just learn more about history and he's connecting it so well. Well, yeah. I mean, to... there's history, history, Alice and the history guy. There's all these social media people now who are doing history shorts, mm -hmm. but what never, and I'm kind of ashamed that this never occurred to me, but what never really occurred to me is it's not going forward. It's not the stamps that are going to sell the hobby. It's the story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah you know the stamps are just a vehicle i mean yeah. you've got to you can't just show stamps and expect to get people who aren't already collecting yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's like it cheryl really, you really know, got always, me thinking you know always says if you want to grow the hobby you can't just talk to collectors you know no. um and it's and it's like uh you know charles and i had that um, one interview with Cameron Blevins who had, who wrote that entire book on, on how the post office just created the westward expansion and how it, it, it allowed for America to grow westward as a, as a country, because that's how they did it through the post office chains and, and how the, you know, how messages got across and that's how we expanded. And, and he's speaking to historians and that was just a, phenomenal book and and i think levin is doing a great job of just creating digestible pieces of information the fact that he said he's cutting out 90 percent of the information that could go into these videos not because people wouldn't understand them but because people you know need to be able to absorb the information they're being handed and then let them go find the rest of it it's uh, Graham said something like that before too. He gets hardcore philatelist always bust his chops that he's not saying enough in his videos. Mm -hmm. But then the lighter philatelists or the non philatelists think he's saying too much. <laughs> you know, it, it's so yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a good amount of information in those videos, but it's not yeah. overwhelming. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you, you want always... out of it not exhausted. <laughs> yeah, and it always leaves you wanting more. It just you know, yes. I've left a couple oh, of his videos saying I need to go Google the rest of this, and that that's exactly paper that thing, feeling. man. That got me yeah. so bad because it's like, it's the stupidest thing, but it's like that's really freaking cool. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I know, like off the top of my head, I probably know ten, fifteen people right now who don't collect a damn thing, but mm -hmm. they would buy and frame that. 
absolutely. You know, they, they would find that interesting because it's it's just really neat. Yeah. I I think he's got it right, man. I really do. I, oh, I think he's perfect. I would start yeah. shoving people at his page. Absolutely. I mean, he's just. I mean, it's going to be sixty-seven hundred followers. That's that's more than in two two months. That's more than the majority of all spam clubs. I mean, it's there's like. I, I've been doing it for a year, mm-hmm. and I've I maxed out at eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, you know, he's got and, it. He's got it. Down. I thought I was doing all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, he's. But, I mean, power to him. This is just absolutely incredible. Um, well, he just popped up on my for you page too. once. Yeah. Oh, he pops up mine all the time. It's making me yeah. rethink my 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 TikTok channel too, because it's yeah. like without stepping on his toes, I mm-hmm. could do the same thing on like the Singapore straight settlement yeah. side of the world without actually, you know, competing. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think that's the whole point is, you know, he's hoping that that people grow the hobby by by listening to the message that he's putting across to other people within the hobby is that you can't we can't be marketing the hobby the same way we're doing. And we're almost not, you know, we're just talking directly to the collectors and we're trying to grab the people who already know what's going on and just we can't do that. It's really true. And I mean, I've had this conversation before and I never really knew what the answer was. And he made it so freaking simple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it was like, why the hell didn't the rest of us think about this? Yeah. Until he said it, it's like. Stamps aren't relevant, but the history always is. So if you can sell yeah. the history, you can yeah. sell the covers, you can sell the stamps, yeah. you can sell the, the ephemera. Mm-hmm. You know, it de- dealers need to jump on that. Well, that's the thing, too, is, you know, the stamps aren't relevant. There's so many people that I've talked to, so many big philatelists, you know, Wayne Youngblood and and who got collecting because they um, it wasn't Wayne Youngblood. It was. um, Oh, geez, I'll come back to who it was, but it was. um, They they began collecting because they saw this. They liked the stamps on the letter that they were that was sent to them. You know, yeah. it was the well, it was they were the learning transportation the history of, yeah. of someplace else by yeah. the stamps. Yeah, you do that online it, now. Nobody yeah. does that anymore. Yeah, but that's. I mean, Wait, I, don't, I I've always. I don't know why more dealers aren't involved in stuff like this because they'd just be expanding their market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, if all you're selling to is other philatelists, that's a pretty small contained. Yeah group of people yeah if if you can make it interesting to a larger audience you get more customers yeah yeah you know yeah. I, I don't yeah. i don't know this was this was kind of an eye-opening chat actually yeah, uh, yeah. he is much cooler than i thought he was too i mean i thought he was, <laughs> i thought he was cool he's actually much yeah. cooler than i thought he was yeah. it, it's i could definitely see getting him out out here for boston yeah he's great and yeah, I, I could go have a few beers with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd, that, thank that you so much for, no for joining me with this. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Anytime. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you uh, so much. Um, yeah, we wish Levin the best and uh, oh, we'll follow him closely and, and we'll get him out here for Boston. I, I, I'm going to keep working on him. I'm going to start sending <laughs> him stuff from the Boston 2026. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sounds All right. good. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Yeah.